Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, I guess the Senate tonight is going to uh, make it final, that new budget, right? Yeah. Uh, it's. I get a, what do they call it? In French, they would say, it's a fait de compli, meaning it's a done deal. You know, uh, and it's all over but the crying, and that w- that yeah. that's going to go on well <laughs> for years. Yeah. Yes, for decades. Um, Joe did a uh, was it a uh, what do they call it in swimming? A dive half like a half Nelson? No, that's a wrestling term. A, a half gainer is that what they call it when they? Well, he Joe actually <laughs> joked about it. He goes, "I got sandbagged," and yeah, then he got right. and walked away. So, you know, he's. I don't think he intended to fall down. When I saw the video, the cadet was walking away. Right. And he That's put right. his hand out like he was going to shake it. And it was like the hand brushed through. And he was gripping, if you look at it. He was going to use the cadet's hand to steady himself and pull himself along. But the cadet, the cadet didn't know what his intentions were. It was His back was to him walking away. It and, looked like a, a Three Stooges routine, if, if you ask me. Yeah, you know, yeah. What, what do they call that? A, a triple Lundy almost? Uh, yeah, yeah know, something like that. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> if you listen to the audio, for folks, when the cadet got the uh, diploma, there was a nice, polite applause and stuff. But right after that, when Joe put his face on the mat, right, when he stumbled onto the floor... The crowd sounded like, and I know this is crazy, but you got to listen to it for yourself. The crowd sounded like they were laughing and 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 cheering. I'm serious. It, yeah. it was not uh, the normal response. Now, if you looked at the video, this is what I kept thinking: How do you know he wasn't uh, a target of an assassination attempt? I mean, if some oh, it looked like he got shot and went down, did. but he didn't. Obviously, it did, but the the response wasn't uh, one of great urgency on the part of the people on the stage. I mean, one of the generals leaned down to pick him up. I mean, you would have thought that the Secret Service would have jumped on that stage like uh, flies on manure, you know I mean? But they didn't. Did you see him? I didn't see him. Well, that kind of tells, no, I didn't see him either. So that's kind of the norm where they brush it off, which is kind of scary. But, you know, when you think about it, uh, and you shouldn't make fun of the fact that he is a feeble old man, but he is a feeble old man. It happens. You know, but he's gotten, he's lost his cognitive abilities. You know, he, he, 90% of the time, he doesn't know what he's doing or what he's saying or where he is. You know, you can't, I think, I think you cut him too much slack. I think he is far more sinister than than you think. Yeah. I think he's been a sinister person all his life, but I'm saying that 10% of the time, you know, the evil, then it's pure evil. But, um, I don't know. There's a line from Shakespeare the evil that men do live after them, the good is often turred in their bones, which means, you know, I mean, this guy, Biden, his evil will it, live. It, it will live forever. I mean, he's he's done so much damage in, in Afghanistan, on, on the border, in the thousands of people who are dying in the Ukraine for political purposes. I mean, this is not a, uh, 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 a guy that uh, deserves... A lot of uh, you know coverage, uh, a lot of slack. I mean, this this is a guy who's been a pretty nasty guy for years. Also, we cannot uh, forget what he did to Tara Reid. You know, this this lady is so afraid of uh, of this guy Biden and the people around him that she's talking about moving to Russia. And now they're trying to make her look like she's an agent of Russia. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah, she, you know what, Russia has has lost that. Uh that uh, w- w- the olive branch out for a lot of people that are yeah. fed up with the United States. Right. And, 
you know, we've tossed out the olive branch before. We're not, we're not perfect. They're not perfect. But the point is, is that uh, the left is taking anything they can to sit there and twist and turn. Yeah. And they're always manipulating the news. The Sean Hannity, uh, Kelly McEnany uh, story where, uh, you know, Trump uh, unloaded on her. And then they're saying, oh, well, Sean Hannity got booed and Trump needs to tone it down and all this. And I'm like going... You know what? They took a story and totally twisted it. Totally what, twisted it. Trump what they was... don't know and what people have forgotten, and I forgot it. Because, you know, when Kaylee McEnany I was didn't... the press secretary, when Kaylee McEnany was the press secretary, she was really good at her job. She was uh, knew how to handle the press and had her facts at, the, at her fingertips. But before she came, became press secretary, when the election was happening, she was in the media. She was not a fan of Trump. Right. And she he said nasty attacked her. Yeah. And, you know, and that, see, that's something that everyone forgets. You're going, oh, you got it. You got to tone down. It doesn't matter whether you're Ron DeSantis and you love the guy uh, or whoever it is, your target, he's going to sit there. You're, look at this as a cage match. He's in that cage. And when you jump in, he is determined to win with what, yeah what they say by the way bill is 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 that trump has a memory like uh, you wouldn't believe he never forgets he right. never forgets so uh, i had forgotten like i said about 2016 2015 her commentary about trump uh, she was not the nicest uh, most supportive person she said some nasty things about trump well he'll have to prove himself or he's not the candidate yet things like that on national television I was surprised when I thought about it that Trump was forgiving enough to let her be the press secretary after the remarks she had made then. But she did a good job. Everybody liked her. She she also, by the way, I was thinking about this last night, Bill. She, I think, became press secretary with full knowledge that it was a stepping stone to greater things in her career. She, right. she figured if I can be press secretary and be out there and create an image, and people can like me and respect me and get to know me, I will be able to land a big deal, a big contract at a, a bigger place, like a network. And she did. Yeah. She ended up going back to Fox. You know, she had been an intern at Fox. Then she went, Then she had all of the, this stuff, and she was going back there as a, a celebrity. And uh, But, you know, Trump, he's got a memory like you wouldn't believe. He doesn't forget. You think he forgets? No, 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 nope. Uh, he he came down on Kaylee, and people thought, "Oh, you're picking on the little." No, she did something which was wrong. She had a a, a poll in front of her that showed that Trump had, I think, thirty four percent or something like that, and she she talked about a poll that had a smaller figure, like twenty five percent or twenty percent, ten percent less than what yeah. he had. And you know that's a big number to make a mistake by. Did she do it on purpose, or was she given facts that she didn't check? Well, I think she works for for Fox, and I think she knows where her bread is buttered, if you know what I mean. Then yeah. you know what she um, she's going back to her old colors. Yep, I mean, uh, I'm sure she gets a check, a nice big fat check. From Fox, and uh, she looks at it, and she knows this is the company that I have to be loyal to. I don't work for Trump anymore. And if and if Fox says we're not supporting Trump, then you can 
you can be darn sure that Kaylee McEnany is not going to be uh, sitting around uh, supporting Trump. She'll support whomever, you know. Yeah, and all she she took a shot. He he fired one across the bow at her, saying, "Okay, yep, you're back on my radar." And you know, and there you go. And it didn't bother him all that much, you know. Mm. Uh, by the way, you know, uh, President Trump was uh, he, he first. I mean, he was on last night with Hannity, but I. I don't know about you. You're going to think I'm crazy, but for the most part, with the exception of like Maria, on Sunday mm-hmm. on Sunday morning I watched Maria because she is like a an island in a sea of liberalism. Uh, I, I watch her and I think she does a good job, but with with that exception, I've stopped watching Fox, and uh, uh, and that's that's you know I just it's my thing. You don't have to. You can be a, a good conservative and still watch them, but. Uh, for me, after what they did in 2020, and then they gave him a second chance, and then they just screwed Tucker. I figured, oh, to heck with it. And I got a, well, I got, I got a uh, audio clip coming up in a few minutes from Roger Ailes' widow, widow, and mm-hmm. talking about uh, about their relationship at Fox, and right. uh, uh, it'll be uh, an interesting thing for you to hear. But I wanted to play Trump his reaction when he first heard that uh, Joe had done a face plant. Yeah, sure. In Colorado. Listen. He's at the Air Force Academy. He actually fell down. Well, I hope he wasn't hurt. I hope he wasn't hurt. But it's the whole thing is, look, the whole thing is crazy. You got to be careful about that. You got to be careful about that because you don't you don't want that. Even if you have to tiptoe down a ramp, you got to (laughs) tiptoe. You know, and everybody laughs at that because when he was at West Point, uh, a few mm-hmm. years ago, uh, the ramp was metal and it was slippery. And, and they made fun of him about it. Yeah, and he had these expensive, uh, smooth-bottomed shoes on, and uh, Italian, you know, shoes with that nice glossy uh, finished uh, s- sole. And he, he figured, oh God, they're going to see me do a number as you know as I go down the stairs. So he held the arm of a general. And he held the railing, and he went down, and the media jumped all over him like, uh, uh, like they were waiting for it. The interesting thing is, with this face plant, mainstream media has been ignoring it for the most part. Have you noticed that mainstream media yeah. is stepping away from it? You know. Yeah, you know, and I looked. You know, when well, I watched the video, I think Joe was reaching out to, for the cadet's hand, not to shake it, because the cadet was walking away. <laughs> Help me! He was going to grab his hand yes. and use it to steady himself as he pulled himself by. That didn't know that, so you know he, <laughs> he just, just kept walking, kept walking, and Joe went out <laughs> right straight down. And but Joe was funny about it. He goes, "I've been sandbagged and got up." You know, I'm like going. Uh, well, you know that's the only the only thing you can do is you know. But did he didn't because, he didn't snap back up like he has in the past. Oh no 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 he no. was slow to get up, but nobody came to his rescue. Yeah, it took a, you know it's like everybody looked huh yeah oh yeah oh, I, we we got to go help him, but no secret service. What if he had been shot by a, a well, sniper? That's improper? exactly what I was thinking. It looked like he was shot. Yeah, because he the way he went, you know, it went yeah. straight down. And no, nobody did anything. So d- does that tell you the the temperature of the American public towards Joe? Uh, a, a bit. You know, you know, some people would tell you, well, that's because the Secret Service really know who the president is. <laughs> you know, they, I'm just saying they 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 uh, they cover Trump when he does a rally. Have you seen the Secret Service around him in a rally? Yeah. When Trump is at a rally, the Secret Service around him like a, a, a an overcoat. I mean, they're all over the guy. Uh, 
and then, like I said, like Bill said yesterday, when when J- Joe did a uh, a dive into the floor, they were like, "Oh, yeah, it's just uh, Joe. He fell well, again." You know, it's old Joe. You know, <laughs> seen that before. <laughs> Been there, seen him before. See it again. Been there, done that. Anyway, a lot of a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, you mentioned an interesting story, Bill. Uh, that's not getting any play right now. I'm hopefully maybe somebody will pick it up. But in Louisiana, the state Senate, uh, a committee refused to block the Chinese purchase of immovable property. That means like farmland and things like immovable property. I love how they say that, you know. Uh, I mean, the Chinese are buying up the land in Louisiana. Uh but it's where it is. Yeah. And when, you know, you go, ah, oh, Louisiana, who cares? Swamp and alligators. Well, you're not talking about that up north. In um, Shreveport, Bossier City, the Red River goes right between the two towns. Now, I used to live there, and I programmed a big, big, big station that had, uh, well, Larry King used to work at that station and and whatnot. But anyway, before my time, though, uh, it's Bossier. Bossier City. Now, what's next to Bossier? You go, I don't know. Maybe an Air Force Base. Maybe Strategic Air Command. Maybe it's called Barksdale Air Force Base where the bombers sit. And you're going, well, okay, that's one base mm-hmm. like that. Well, within a stone's throw away is Damascus, Arkansas. Now, I was there during the 80s. And I was there when the crisis happened, when there was a worker, because they work in the missile silos. Yep, those are up there, the, the, the nukes that will fly over to Russia or China. And they have to work on them now and then, and they use brass wrenches so they don't cause a spark. I guess he had the wrong wrench or something. But the guy at the up at the tip of the, the, the nuke dropped the damn wrench, and it went down and sparked a fire in the silo. And that obviously, you know, tripped a big news panic because you got a nuke silo on fire. Yeah, now, not, not a good thing. <laughs> so it's close to that. And the other thing there is a little town called Minden, right outside on the interstate, right outside of uh, Barksdale. And you see these, what look like little Indian graves, tombs, bunk, but they're bunkers. Mm-hmm. And those bunkers are, you, you can see them forever. And each of those bunkers house our nuclear warheads. And China's buying land all around that. But the thing is, this is a country right now that is turning its back on protecting its secrets. I mean, you got uh, uh, a spy balloon that comes across, and they knew, by, by the way, about the spy balloon when it was over the Pacific Ocean. The things you learn over the weeks and months uh, as they go by. Over the Pacific Ocean, they knew before it hit the Aleutian Islands that that spy balloon was on its way, and they ignored it. And they mm-hmm. let it go all over Alaska and then down into Canada, and then down into Montana, and right through the heart of our country over, and it's not by coincidence, over strategic military bases, a whole bunch of them, and it was sending real-time information back to China. Real-time, meaning it wasn't just recording it and storing it and hoping somebody would find the, the, the tape. No, no, no. It was sending it back via satellite to China where they were getting the information as it was happening. And Biden let it happen. 
He right. let it happen. So uh, you, you talk about what's happening in Louisiana. Uh, it, it's it's terrible. Does it surprise me with this administration? It's almost as if they're working hand-in-hand hand with China to dismantle this great country. Yeah. Well, why would you want to be by? And, you know, you look at all the farmland that's been bought up by China. Yep, absolutely. It is by one of the strategic air, uh, air command bases. Yep. Uh, or something like uh, up in the Dakotas. Now you're going, well, that's not that. But, oh, well, I'll tell you what they do have up there. Right now, the big thing that we got are the drones. You know, when you fly the drones, and a lot of them, right? Um, a lot of our pretty mighty aircraft, they're not stationed overseas. Even the drones, these things, you know, you know, they can fly for twenty hours. Yeah, you know, yep. and you can. There's a guy in a trailer with a remote control. Sure. All he's got to do is take the Part 107 test, and boom, he's a, a drone pilot. And, you know, that's that's what they do. These guys know how to fly these drones on computer. It's important and, to note, Bill, that with this Louisiana land thing, that uh, the committee that that allowed these purchases is majority Republican. Now, you may be saying, well, how can that be? Aren't the Republicans supposed to be pro-American? America first? Make America great again? Well, first of all, not every Republican is MAGA, uh, you know, on Trump's right. side. Many of them are rhinos, you know, and I mean, I, I, if you don't believe me, I point to Mitt Romney and, and Lindsey Graham. There's another thing I should mention before I, I get too far down the road about Lindsey Graham. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me that, that some rhinos in certain states aren't really on our side. They're on their own side, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, but I wanted to point out before I forget, because you know, at this age, it's in one ear and out the other. Lindsey Graham, you know, he was over in, in the Ukraine and he made those nasty remarks about uh, the Russians are dying and it's the best money we ever spent. Well, th that caused a bit of an uproar around the, the world. I mean, they had the arrest warrant out for him in Russia. Someone called for his assassination in Russia. I mean, it really, it, it was like hitting a hornet's nest. So he comes back to the United States and they had that vote on the Senate floor y yesterday. And uh, for this this uh, budget, and mm -hmm. one of the guys who voted against the budget was Lindsey Graham. Surprise, surprise. And so, you know, on one hand, he's deep state, you know, with this war in the Ukraine. But on the other hand, he comes over and figures, well, it's politically correct for me to say that I'm against the budget because it'll help tamp down the fire that I lit when I was in the Ukraine. It'll make me look like I'm more pro-American and on the side of the people. I'm sure he got permission, by the way, from Mitch McConnell before he did this. You know, he probably sat down with Mitch. Mitch said, well, you know, you know, uh, you know, Lindsay, uh, you, know, you really lit a fire in the Ukraine with that comment. Uh, we got to do something about that. Uh, well, why don't we just, uh, why don't we uh, let you vote nay on the budget ceiling? It'll make you look better. Um, you know, so he voted nay. But anyway, the point is, you can't trust these people, folks. You know, we all sit around out here in the hinterlands. That's out in the country. We sit there, we sit out here and we think, well, you know, uh, he's on our side. Or that one's on our side. Or that one's on. We really don't know these people who we're rooting for in uh, in Washington, do we? I mean, think about it for a second. I mean, Lindsey Graham or any of these people, they wouldn't know you if you hit them. With, you'd have to show licenses to to get a, to figure out who the heck these people are. We don't know these people. 
you know, people like Jim Jordan, for example, the day before yesterday, a guy who I had had a lot of respect for, a lot of hope for, guy who I thought really was on our side, he find out he voted for the budget. You know, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, another conservative uh, stalwart person who goes out there and fights for the, the yeah, cause. She went for the budget. She went for the budget. So how do we really know these people? Do we really know who the heck these people are? No, we don't. You really have to judge it. You have to almost go by an, an, uh, an incident-by-incident basis. You can't – don't start rooting for these people long-term because they'll always disappoint you. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. You know, and I, I still root for Trump. Trump is my guy in in, uh, in the next election. And, you know, God willing, if I'm, God has has me still here behind this mic, I'm, I'm going to vote for Trump because, you, you know, he's the guy who has proven himself to me to be pro-American. He's, mm-hmm. he's made mistakes. You know, he'll tell you about those mistakes, but I will still vote for the guy. Yeah. Whereas, oh, I will too. DeSantis, uh, DeSantis, Bill, DeSantis doesn't, uh, uh, he, he's too much of a politician. Maybe down the road I'll get to know him better and, and have a better feeling about him. I don't know, but I, I don't know whether I trust him right now, you know? No, I get it. Uh, you, you've given me an idea, not one we can talk about, but uh, you've given me an idea about with all this political uh, nightmare that we go through because we don't know our politicians we don't. at all. Not we do not. They are um, they're all strangers, folks, and uh, we think we have them figured out. I mean, for example, I'm I'm rooting for James Comer right now. James Comer seems like an amazing guy. You know, uh, he's seems like a guy who's out there. But I think he voted for the uh, budget. I think he. I think as much as I like the guy, and he's going after Christopher Ray and stuff. Uh, you know, you, it's hard for me. To understand how you can justify adding four trillion dollars to our already obscene debt, you know, it's it, the debt was bad enough before, but now and they said, oh, we're not going to increase the 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 limit, uh, the ceiling. No, the debts. No, we're not going to increase. They sure as hell did four trillion dollars, friends. Four trillion dollars that we do not have. But anyway. Uh, I should point out that James Comer, he seems like a decent guy and you kind of root for him, but we don't know him. We don't know him. Yeah. He, he subpoenaed, uh, Christopher Ray. Ray said to hell with you. You know, I'm not going to give you the, the stuff you want. I'm not going to do it. And so he, you hear Comer say, well, we're going to, uh, have you in contempt of Congress. Well, uh, Eric Holder was in contempt of Congress and it meant absolutely positively Nothing. Nothing. He didn't no. go to jail. He didn't miss a meal. So it doesn't it doesn't mean much. You want to do something, send over the Capitol Police and put him in handcuffs and see it's how he reacts. Happen. Look, look at Hunter Biden. Uh, Biden. Biden <laughs> getting away with everything. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, you're right. You're right. I mean, they 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 sit around eating their lobster and and uh, discussing the the latest uh, stock market. I mean, they they live in excess and they live on. The teat of the and the generosity of the American people, and they're they're criminals. A lot You're of not them. hearing about it in the news, but the plot is thickening now with uh, the laptop with hundred ten thousand photos released from it, and there's even more damning information. But what's interesting, you know, when Hunter was sitting there on his crack pipe and all of that stuff, you know, and well, apparently he had a gun 
And they're saying, oh, that's that's a major offense right there. Well, he, yes, did, what he, he's, he didn't, you, you know that he had to fill out a, a form to get the gun? Yeah. And and on the form, you, you're, you are not uh, a current drug user. And he said, I am not a current drug user. He lied on the form. He said he wasn't using drugs when in reality he was a, uh, like you said, uh, a crack user. So, Well, now that his defense is going to be using the Second Amendment. You know, they, you know, they use things at will and they take, you know, they, yeah. they, they twist uh, the true meaning of it. Yep. And he did not have any rights whatsoever with that. As a matter of fact, uh, it would protect you from him. But they're going to use it to pre- protect him from you. James it's weird Com- how they twist the news. Yeah, James Comer uh, was talking about uh, the subpoena. Mm-hmm. And, and Christopher Ray, here's what he said. He offered us the opportunity to come look at it in a private ship, but he, he was going to redact it. My experience with getting documents from the F- FBI when they're redacted, there's very, it, it's all black lines. They don't show anything. But uh, I'm going to say on this show what we told Director Ray, what Senator Grassley told Director Ray. He and I have already seen the 1023 form. We knew what was in the 1023 form. Until we told Director Ray that, he never even admitted that the form existed. So the, the level of confidence that we have with Director Ray only went down. It only declined throughout the conversation. So uh, we will go there and look at the redacted document, but we know what's in the document. And the reason we find this allegation credible, not only because of the credibility of the whistleblower, but because we've seen a pattern of Joe Biden when he was vice president leaving a country after he talks about foreign aid and foreign policy and his family members start receiving payments from that company through shell companies that are then laundered down to Biden family members. So there is a pattern of behavior. And we saw that in Romania. We've seen that in China. We've seen that in other countries that would suggest that this allegation has merit. Look, the Durham report proved that the FBI has lots of issues. We brought that up. Senator Grassley and I reminded Director Ray that the uh, Durham report was devastating to the credibility of the FBI. And his response was that that all happened before he became FBI director. Director Ray, to be clear, will now face contempt of of Congress. uh... Unless he produces this document like we asked, this unclassified document, by Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever we have the markup. Okay, so it's interesting. Christopher Ray wouldn't admit that he had that form that the Congress had subpoenaed to get, right, until uh, James Comer and Chuck Grassley said, hey, we've seen it already. We, we know you have it. We've seen it. We've seen the copy of it. We know you have it. Then Christopher Ray said, well, well, yeah, but, uh, I mean, the guy is playing games. Yeah, I remember a story. What was it yesterday? Well, you can come see the document, but you can't have the document. So you've got three different stories about the document. No, it doesn't exist. No, it does exist. No, we can't give it to well, you. Well, can you imagine if a judge said to you, if a judge said to you, uh, uh, Mr. Knight, uh, we want you to produce that document uh, in this court uh, by tomorrow at five. And if you turned around, there. if you turned around to the judge and said, uh, "Your Honor, uh, you can come over and see it at my house, but you can't take it out of my house." What do you think? What do you think would happen to you? <laughs> they'd, they'd I'd have, have you... a SWAT team at the door when yeah, I answered it. Exactly, you would be in contempt knock, of knock. court. <laughs> 
you'd be in contempt and you'd be in a lot of trouble. I mean, but but this guy, Christopher Ray, oh, by the way, did you know, I, I mentioned this to you before we started the show. I'd forgotten this. Apparently, you know, Chris Christie is entering into the president, presidential race again, which has the the mainstream media all a, a flutter because, oh, Christopher Ray is going to be such a challenge to President Trump. I say that with a smile on my face because you you do remember that he was in the 2016 candidate's uh, election too, and Trump, he uh, he cut him a new, I won't say it on the uh, on the program, but let me just say that uh, he, he did a number on Chris Christie uh, and he was not an issue. Uh, and the same thing's going to happen again. But, you know, Chris Christie talks a good talk when he's around the media. He he lets the media sound like he's a tough guy. Do you know that during Bridgegate, which was the scandal in New Jersey? Yeah, they're still bringing he, that thing up. But, yeah, go ahead. His lawyer was Christopher Ray. <laughs> of course it was. Well, you know, Christie, you, you would have thought by now that he would have gone on a diet. I mean, well, you know, he had, he had you that, know, he had stomach surgery. He had that lathrosis. What do they call it? Uh, uh, lathrosis. Yeah, where they, 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 they go in and they, yeah, they, they, they stitch it up so that yeah. you can't eat as much. Uh, and you'll uh, theoretically, I knew someone that had that, and they lost weight, and then they broke the stitches because they thought oh, I could still eat like a pig, and they did, and it, uh, it, they ended up back in the hospital. Chris has gotten bigger. If you watch when they show the side views of him, you know. He does that little strut and, you know, wiggles his butt like a duck. And I'm sitting there going, do, 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 do. Yeah, the baby elephant. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not one to criticize people who have gained weight because uh, one of the things. We've about, all done you know, it. Yeah, I, I gained weight. As you get older, you, you gain weight. I can you watch you it. eat a pizza and gain your weight. But um, well, that's a trick that I learned uh, to uh, cast my weight onto others. <laughs> well, it works with me. Um also, John Bolton, you'll be happy to hear this. John Bolton's running for president, too. Listen. Former Vice President Mike Pence and Chris Christie, former New Jersey governor, they'll both launch their campaigns next week. But you, have you ruled out running for president? No, I haven't. It's certainly uh, the field is getting filled up, but I, I have a different view of how this is going to play out over the next several months, I think, than, than some. I think we're right now in a very interesting two-man race, Trump versus DeSantis. And I think Trump, over the next 90 days, let's say, is going to unload on DeSantis, and DeSantis is going to have to answer him back. I think that's what a lot of the other candidates are waiting to see, who survives that encounter. Maybe, maybe one does, maybe the other, maybe both are wounded. I think Chris Christie's entry into the race is going to be interesting because he will be going directly after Trump. And every time he makes a criticism of Trump, the news media are going to ask Ron DeSantis what he thinks of it. So I think uh, for DeSantis uh, to avoid simply commenting for the next six months on what Chris Christie's doing, he has to have his own unique uh, plan of action here to deal with Trump and to try and uh, take him out politically as soon as he can. John Bolton, imagine him being president. I mean, he hasn't seen uh, a war that he doesn't want to be involved with. The guy loves war, really. Just. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, I hate to say it, but the you know the the uh, political uh, or the uh, Republican uh, list of uh, contenders is starting to look like a clown show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, but it, it's going to be interesting. Well, I think uh, I think they figure, and this is a, a miscalculation, I think, on their part. I think that divide and conquer, you know, mm -hmm. get as many people in there, and it will diminish Trump. But the fact of the matter is, 
I think they misjudged the Trump support. I think Trump, if anything, will be remain as strong as he is, maybe be stronger. I think it will cut into DeSantis's uh, people, and it will actually slice the all the also rans uh, their support up. Do you know what I'm saying? So, uh, if they had left it alone with just Trump and DeSantis, DeSantis might have given Trump a, a run. But when you have another twelve people in there, they're all going to take little pieces, and I don't. I don't think they're going to take it from Trump. Trump no, is- I don't either, and I'll tell you why. You know, when you look at how the pie is sliced right now, because I know what they're thinking. Well, DeSantis has got this twenty percent, and if he can gain a little bit from each candidate and trim away at Trump, you know, then he could end up the big victor, take down Trump. But what they're not realizing, DeSantis is. Uh, DeSantis's numbers are not all loyal people. There are people that have just fallen over to him. And even the little one percenters and five percenters and 10 percenters, that's what they are, but that's not a loyal following. Trump, on the other hand, you're going, well, he's got uh, 39, 45%, but he's got 100% of that 45%. Yeah. And all they want Trump to do is be Trump. Yep. And that's part part of that thing is Trump gets to come into that ring. It's a cage match and he gets to be the bully in the ring and he owns that ring and you got to realize that you you really if you if I were DeSantis, I would leave Trump alone. Let him throw the jibes at me, but I would hold what I got and I would go after the other guys and build myself up before right. I fight anything. Um, I didn't see the town hall last night on Fox, like I said earlier, but uh, like I heard that they were cheering for Trump, the audience, Trump, Trump, Trump. They really were for Trump, and they weren't so much for for Hannity. <laughs> and it was it was his show. Uh, oh yeah, which, give me a break, come on, you know. But yeah. either way, uh, I think Trump is you know is a bugle for uh, a lot of mainstream America because he. Gets out there and he says what we're thinking, yeah. and that we'd be afraid to say. He's not afraid to say it. So he's a known commodity, Bill. We've seen him work for four years. We've seen the deep state throw one thing after the other after the guy, and and while he's fending off all of this crap they're they're throwing at him, he also managed to give us a good country, increase mm-hmm. our pro- our profitability, and uh, and make us a stronger nation. He increased the military budget and made our 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 army stronger, our air force stronger, created space force. All these things were done by Trump while he was fighting the deep state in their ridiculous charges. Look what's happening now. Right now mm-hmm. you have they're going this guy was at Smith, the special counsel. He's going into uh, the situation in Mar-a-Lago with uh, all of those, uh, what do you call it, classified documents. Oh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yet they're completely ignoring the fact that Biden had as many or more stuff for longer periods of time in his house uh, with no security at all. Trump had it in a safe. Biden had it in the garage. And uh, Biden had it as vice president. And some of the documents he had as, as a senator. And that's Biden. Then you have Pence, another guy who's going to be running for election this week. He's going to announce Oh, I can't wait. Uh, but Pence had documents in his house. Those guys were vice presidents. They didn't have the authority to declassify anything, okay, nothing. But Trump was the president, and he could declassify something on the spot. You would think that would be an open and shut case. Trump did nothing wrong. He was the president. 
But this deep state is desperately trying to make it an issue. They're desperately trying to put him in jail because of it. They're trying to make something out of nothing. Oh, God, if they could do it, they would do it today. And and the fact of the matter is, this guy is, out of all of the people who have had classified documents, he is the only guy who had the authority to have them. You know? So I, I just look at the situation right now. Realize, see it for what it is. This is the deep state attacking the thing that they're afraid of. They are afraid of Donald J. Trump. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Nah, not be. Look, the guy's got an ego. The guy likes a, a certain style. Uh, that's his business. He has the right to be that way. But he always thinks about America and you and I first. Why a guy who's worth billions would give a damn about a guy like me is kind of an amazing thing, but he does. And he cares about you too. And, and and it's not me just saying it for lip service. Just look at what he did while he was being attacked. He still tried desperately to make the country better, make our lives better. You know, but I could go on and on. Uh, anyway, I should point out yesterday that uh, John Kirby, he's the admiral. He's now the assistant right. to press secretary. He was uh, happy to announce this yesterday, which drove me nuts. Now, in response, the United States is going to continue to support Ukraine, help give them things that they need uh, to better defend themselves. And as part of all that effort, uh, we've got an upcoming package here, which will be the 39th drawdown uh, of equipment from uh, the Department of Defense inventories using presidential drawdown authorities. Uh, we will use that package that we're announcing today to provide Ukraine with additional munitions for Patriot air defense systems, uh, which Ukraine has been deploying quite effectively, uh, as well as more Avenger air defense systems, Stinger anti-aircraft systems, and ammunition, of course, for the HIMARS, artillery, and anti-armor systems that the United States uh, continues to provide to Ukraine. Of course, that's all stuff that we could use for our own military. (laughs) Right. Ammunition. Who needs it? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I saw that. I was going like, yeah, we're we're worried about supplying them and uh, not about maintaining our forces and whatnot. But yeah. they say we're at a critical point as far as ammunition goes in some parts of our own military. And you know, we're giving away Patriot missile systems like they're going out of business. Don't we need those things too? Yeah, we I do. Mean, and you know, but why why are we fighting this Ukraine war? I mean, are we helping out their democracy? You know, I love the the, the way they throw out rum. The term democracy, our democracy, their democracy, you know, and it, it, we're diluting what uh, our democracy is. I, I don't think that anybody knows what a true democracy is, but that's okay. You asked an interesting point, uh, question about uh, why are we fighting in the Ukraine. Yeah. There's a guy down in Australia. His name is Ricardo Bossi. He was a former commando in the Special Forces. He's been a political candidate down there. He's a conservative, of course. Even in Australia, if you're a conservative, uh, they talk about it like you've smelled they've smelled something bad. You know, oh, he's a conservative. Oh my goodness, he's a, a staunch conservative. He likes Trump. He likes guys like General Flynn. They're friends. They've been on podcasts together, and they probably met in person. But uh, he was speaking yesterday about um, the Ukraine. And uh, he just uh, put these thoughts together. I want you to do this. is Ricardo Bossi from Australia. 
A couple of times, so forgive me if you've heard this before, but it's important a lot of people haven't heard it. What's going on in Ukraine? First of all, it's a massive distraction. They're trying to distract you away from what's really going on in, in every, every everybody, everybody's home country. Now, the Ukraine is, uh, this is not what you think it is. The Ukraine, let's get technical first. The Ukraine is not a sovereign state. It does not have internationally recognized sovereign borders. It's still part of Russia, has been since the 10th century. How about that? Now, lots happened in between. We understand that. But this is like Russia invading Russia. That's all it is. Now, second point. The Ukrainian people are very upset, particularly the Ukrainians in Australia. I get it. But guess what? You've been lied to, just like the Australian people have been lied to. We think we're a sovereign nation. We're not. The Ukrainians think they're a sovereign nation. They are not. See, the truth is slowly going to come out about what's really going on. And what's really going on is this. The Ukraine has been the centre of, uh, of the globalists for decades and decades and decades. 70 years at least. CIA which is not a good organisation. They're, they're the, the implementers of deep state, let's say. They've been working this in the Ukraine for 70 years, building up a resistance to everybody and everything. Why? Because they needed to bring the Soviet Union down, but they also want the resources that are in the Ukraine. That's what this is all about. Particularly Eastern Ukraine, massive natural resources that CIA goes in, gets control of, and American business interests, and they're not business, they're just robber barons. They're not legitimate businessmen. They just want to steal, and that's what goes on. And so they're taking that away from from the, from Russia and the Ukraine. And on top of that, it's the center of the deep state. And so by Vlad Putin going in, he's cutting the head off the snake. Once Ukraine goes down, because they've already taken out the capital of uh, Kazakhstan. And if you want to have a look at what's weird, go look at the, the architecture in Kazakhstan. And then tell me this is normal architectural uh, buildings of a struggling nation. But Ukraine... That's the head of the snake, and Vlad's taking the head off. Once the head comes off, the whole beast will die. So that's what's actually going on, folks. So please, they are going to tell you their stories about um, possible nuclear war, and Vlad's the bad man. This is the war with Russia that they wanted with Hillary Clinton as president because she lost. The whole war against Russia was postponed. This is the plan they always had to destroy Russia because they don't have a, a banking system that is under the Rothschilds. What a, you know, what a dangerous <laughs> course of action that is and they want to get a hold of the resources. This is them taking down. Anyway, so Vlad's taking down deep state. He's helping. He's cutting the head off the snake. So that's what's going on. So ignore all the uh, the chatter you're going to hear over the next little while about potential nuclear war and uh, Russia's attempt to take over the globe. Completely the opposite. So that's the Ukraine. And uh, so pay attention, but please do your own research. Don't, um, for goodness sake, <laughs> don't watch mainstream media because uh, if their lips are moving, just like the politicians, if the media's lips are moving, they're lying. Australian conservative uh, Ricardo Bossi saying that uh, the Ukraine is nothing new. It's been going on for decades, if not centuries. And uh, we're not there for the, the reasons that they're telling you that we're there for. We're there for their natural resources. It's a very, uh, I guess, a rich country in natural resources. You know, that's been said in every news story out there that the Ukraine is rich in resources and, you know, they need to protect their sovereign state. They are not a sovereign state, number one. And uh, so Russia has every right to go in and say, no, 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 no. This is Russian territory. It has been all along. Yeah, I well, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, where this war is going to take us. Uh, I, I don't see an end in sight. Uh, you would think that if we were a country that believed in peace 
and freedom that we would be actively negotiating a peace and an end to this war on a day-to-day basis with both parties. We wouldn't have picked one side, become a cheerleader, and fuel their war engine like we have. You would think that we would be trying to mediate and moderate this thing so that it would come to a quick and peaceful solution. That's not happening. That's not happening. We have the Lindsey Grahams going over there saying, uh, hey, Russians are dying, and this is the best money we ever spent. I mean, it's disgusting what these people are doing. And, you know, they've made it so that if you are against this war in the Ukraine, well, you're anti-American. My God, you mean you don't support the war in the Ukraine? You don't have that that yellow and blue flag on your website, or you don't uh, have one on your car? You want supporting the war? Listen, I don't want anyone. It's like what Trump said when they asked him about it in the town hall meeting on CNN. Right. Uh, uh, his answer was, "I want the war to end. I don't want. I don't want any more people to die." Well, who are you siding with? Who do you want to win? And he said, "No, you don't. You misunderstand. I don't want any more people to die." And that's my stance. I would like to see the war end, and then for them to figure out something politically, you know, diplomatically. Uh, but there's something else going on in that war, folks. I mean, how did, how did we race out of Afghanistan with our tail between our legs and leave all of our stuff behind, by the way, stuff that we could have, we could have given to the Ukrainians. I mean, we could have shipped it up to the Ukraine. I mean, it's probably a lot closer to the Ukraine if in Afghanistan than uh, shipping it from the U S but we we all we left eighty nine billion dollars worth of stuff for the Taliban, and we raced out of the country, and then we couldn't get into another war fast enough. Um, this is this is um, we're being lied to. This is yeah, not true. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know what else is? Uh, you know, you had mentioned earlier before we got on that uh, there's talk of some kind of um, some kind of thing that's going to happen. Uh, economically or with food, I think. Food is going to be the big thing. Yeah. They they said that they're talking about a famine. A famine. Uh, There's some people who are, well, let me see whether I can find the story. I don't have it in my stack of stuff, but I do have it on my little uh, computer machine. Well, you know, you could probably find famine in the Bible and it kind of predicts that we would be in a time right now during a time of famine, which, yeah, and... Is it, you know, are we creating some of this uh, this famine too? Because we have food, but we're burning up our supplies. It says globalists rev up plans to engineer global famine. 13 nations agree to convert over to less productive green farming methods. Think about that. This green farming stuff doesn't work. It's, it's what they're, they're, they're having to this day demonstrations in the Netherlands because they're trying to go green. The government is, and uh, it's crippling the farmers. Well, you know, what's going on here is going on in all these other countries. So we're not uh, we're not privy to being the only ones going through this uh, living hell. It's uh, the globalist, uh, you know, and the, and the oligarchs of the world, they're taking control of what they think belongs to them. They think that Mother Earth was given to them. It's a birthright, and we are there to serve them, and so they're taking control, and... They're not going to do without. You know, I've been meaning to uh, play this next cut for quite some time. It's a little long, 
but it's worth listening to. You know, we've mm-hmm. we've all seen Fox News, which was a reliable conservative uh, voice for a number of years. It made its its fame out of being the alternate voice. You know, we report, you decide. You know, that's what their motto was, and it was uh, it was reliable, dependable until. They got rid of Roger Ailes, and when Roger Ailes, who was the founder and president, a chairman of the uh, the network, uh, when they got rid of him unceremoniously, and you know they they do what they always do at Fox, when they get rid of somebody, they try to besmirch their reputation. Oh, he he was having uh, an affair with an intern or something like that. They do this all the time. It is their modus operandi. They did it to Bill O'Reilly. Maybe he had some. Maybe this uh, what they say was smoke this fire. But maybe it wasn't as bad as people thought it was because no charges were really ever filed against the guy, you know. But they they throw this stuff out. They tried to do the same thing with Tucker, but it didn't stick because mm-hmm. Tucker's a, a, a family man and he's proven himself and the people know him. But initially they, they threw some stuff against the wall on him and uh, they do it to all of the people. But Elizabeth um, Ailes was on, I believe, with Eric Bowling. Uh, about a week and a half ago, right. and she talked about uh, Roger Ailes. She talked about Rupert Murdoch, their relationship, and the things that are going on at Fox. And uh, now would be a good time to play it. Listen. Well, I think I caused quite a stir because, uh, for one thing, I told the truth, and um, truth is in short supply today. As you know, it did take Roger 20 years to build the channel, and he never once had his hand off the wheel. He had his 8 o'clock call, his 2.30 meeting, and he was always in touch, even on a rare day that he might take a day off. And I think it's just it just came over me on Monday because it was his birthday, and I don't really know what possessed me, but I decided to make it clear that I think that Rupert thought that he could do Roger's job. Remember, after, two weeks after Roger left in July of 2016, Rupert mo- moved into his office. My mother used to say that Rupert was jealous of Roger. You know, Roger married me. I was 20 years his junior. Rupert went out and married someone 30 or 40 years his junior. We built a house in the Hudson Valley. He went out and got a house on Center Island. There were things that happened. Zach was born in 2000. He then had two children later. So maybe there is something to that. But I do know that Roger made... Uh, running Fox News look easy and as you know it was anything but Uh, Rupert has the checkbook he has the money but he couldn't hold a candle to Roger in terms of genius and the ideas that Roger put forth back in 96 fair and balanced we report you decide Uh, that was a challenge to the establishment mainstream media who thought that just because they said they were objective people would take them at their word and we all know that they were very liberal uh, all that time. So Roger ups- you mean, you upset mean, the apple um, cart. You, you mean the, Mur- the Murdochs, uh, Rupert and the sons, James and Lackland, I assume that you mean are liberal. In the last couple of years since Roger's passing, the Murdochs have moved, and I believe it's because the sons are, have taken a bigger role, have moved to the center and maybe even pushed left. And, you know, it almost feels like they're trying to capture the CNN audience. What are your thoughts on that? 
My thought is that I go back to July of 2016 when events unfolded and after 20 years of running the channel and turning it into a $20 billion asset, throwing off $2 billion in profits, the, the sons, Lachlan and James, had decided that they wanted Roger gone. And Roger said to me, these useless kids, Tweedledum and Tweedledumer, are going to ruin the channel and turn it into CNN, and that's exactly what's happening. You know, Beth, we we he beat also, CNN. We beat CNN three of the last four nights, and and, and it, it is because they, they've they don't know that the liberal media is lost, and Fox for some reason wants to join that club. I can't figure it out. You know, a, a lot of the the recent success of let's be honest of of, of this network of the show is when Fox fired Tucker Carlson in the audience said, all right, that's enough. We're done with you, Fox. Would Roger Ailes have fired Tucker Carlson? No, he would have been very much involved in Tucker's, uh, how he was positioning his shows, just as he was with Bill O'Reilly whenever there was something controversial or something big came up. He was always very much in touch with the talent, never telling them what to do or how to say something, but rather how to keep everybody in their lane, if you will. And I think that... You know, the greatness that Roger achieved, um, it, you know, it speaks for itself. People in the know know what he did. Have you heard from Tucker Carlson? I've spoken with him a few times, yes. Since the fire? Just to give him some insight. No, just to, yes, to give him some insight into what I think is going to happen next. Because not many people have survived this kind of, uh, the attacks that the Murdochs unleash on those that once brought them great fame and fortune. When they've decided that you're, they're ready to discard you, it's quite unbelievable. I think that Roger never expected Rupert to treat him in the way that he did. Um, you know, he's, he basically Soviet retconned Roger out of the history of the of Fox News, so that at the 20th anniversary, when Roger was still alive, October 2016, Rupert called and said, oh, thank you so much, Roger. You know, thank you for everything you did. And Roger said, I don't know how you ever got through the 20th anniversary of the channel without once mentioning my name. And Rupert said, oh, well, everybody knows what you did. But then by the 25th anniversary of the channel, he was gone for good, and Rupert had named a studio after himself. And I think it's that speaks to the size of the ego of the of the patriarch of the family that he thinks he could excise Roger Ailes out of existence, and that the children, uh, the minor Murdochs, if you will, they thought that they could help their father achieve that goal and um so i'm very grateful for you to have me on tonight just so that i can remind everyone what a great american roger was um you know great men are outrageous they're creative they're original and people hate them for that roger was all of that that's um elizabeth ailes who by the way is no shrinking violet uh, her background is is uh, significant too. She worked in, if I if I got it correct, 
She was part of the brain trust that put together America's Talking, which became MSNBC, uh, not in the current condition that it's in right now. But when it, when it first started, it actually was like a news network. You know, they, they tried to do like real news. Now it's just a, a liberal uh, talking head. But uh, she is a smart woman, and uh, she knows uh, what she's talking about. And Roger Ailes was a, a very smart guy. Whether you liked him or not, you had to uh, applaud what he did. He took something in 1996, which didn't have an audience. I mean, it was a cable channel that had no viewers, nothing. And he made it an important part of our uh, news landscape, our political landscape too, Fox News. People talk about Fox News, whether you love it or hate it, you know it. You know what it is, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. And it's, I love what she said, Tweedledum and Tweedledumber for the the sons. Hey. You know, it's interesting, though. You know, I was listening because I've worked for, you know, family money before, and you thought you were working for a great company and one person, and then the kids come along, you know, they grow up, and through succession, they, you know, it's funny because – you were put in place to monitor the kids and make sure they stayed on track. You know, and I remember the, the, the line that I was given, you know, uh, I'm not going to mimic the guy cause it might give it away, but, uh, he would sit there and say, look, you know, I'm going to follow what you say to do because that's what you do. And you make sure my kids stay in line. And if they, you got a problem with them, you call me, but the day that you get it wrong, you know, and it's not them, you know, or, you know, they, they think you made a mistake, you know, you're gone. And then, but it was funny to listen to these kids as they're going, boy, when I take this over and everything, dad doesn't know what he's doing. You and know, they have their own thing and they did, they sat there and they killed the company. And then finally they realized, uh, oh, we got to go back and do what we were told to do to, at the beginning to bring it back. They took a network uh, that was really rock solid and destroyed it. They they hit it with a sledgehammer and made sand out of it. It's it's nothing uh, right now. People they're struggling to get an audience back that has turned its back and walked away from them. I mean, we heard yesterday. If you've never gone to the website Gateway Pundit, Gateway P U N D I T. All right, that's the name of the website. Uh, right. It's a terrific site if you're a conservative. If you're a liberal, it'll drive you nuts. But it is a very important website. It now has more viewers daily on its website than Fox News has viewers in prime time at nighttime because of what Amazing. Fox has done. They have they have literally killed the golden goose. Uh, the 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 sons, by the way, you know, people said, well, they're going to mess it up because, you know, their wives go to cocktail parties with all of the liberals in New York, and they're tired of have taking uh, incoming from these liberals who are commenting on Fox News. They're going to change Fox. You know they are. And people said, oh, they're not going to change Fox. Why would they do that? It's a moneymaker. No, they did. But the problem is these guys, these guys are not like the old man. The old man built the company. You know, Rupert Murdoch built the company from nothing. And so he, but the guy's in his 80s, late 80s, I think, and he's tired. And he's given control to two people that he thought he could trust, his sons. And his sons, like you said, Bill, watch with you. Look out, old man, we're taking control now. We're driving this bus. 
Yeah, but you know, they got so many billions of dollars. Yep. You know, it doesn't really matter to them that the workhorse dies. That's because true. They've got so much money that it's going to go into perpetuity for them and their children. And sometimes you get to a certain amount of money that it just grows by itself. You don't oh, need know. to work for it anymore. And that's, that's the, the you got to sometimes you wonder how can they kill Fox? But they don't really care like we would care. Like Bill said, they've already, they got all the money they'll ever need. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. So be it. Yeah. Speaking of uh, old, old men and kids, uh, I mentioned this yesterday, but it's it's amazing. Al Pacino, uh, he's going to be a daddy again. You know, 83, he, yeah. He, you know, he had a DNA. When he, when he got the news from his 29-year-old uh, uh, partner there, uh, Noor Al-Fala, uh, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. I apologize. It's not uh, intentional. But uh, Nor was delighted, obviously, but uh, Al uh, was a little uh, doubtful it was him, so he asked for a DNA test. And to his surprise, the baby is Al's. So uh, Al at 83 or 84 is going to be a new daddy. I guess 83 because she's eight months pregnant. So it's going to be uh, in the not-too-distant future that uh, the new, the latest Pacino uh, makes an appearance into our into our world. Al well, Pacino. he won't be here at the 18th birthday. Well, he could. You never know. Yeah, you know. Hey, listen. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Uh, the Godfather. I was thinking when he shot The Godfather in 1970, uh, his partner, the 29-year-old, wasn't around. As a matter of fact, oh. I, I guess she was born like uh, in 19. Well, she's 29. And it's 23. So. Uh, 1996 or 95 or <laughs> somewhere around there. I mean, holy smokes. Uh, Al Pacino was a, a, a big star, a mega star. I think he had already done Serpico. I think Serpico was done around uh, 1995 or something like that. Yeah. Not, no. Was it Serpico? Which was, which was the one where he played the drug dealer? Was that Serpico? Uh, was it Scarface or Serpico? Scarface, yes. Uh, very good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. We make such a good team. It's amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, but when you say Serpico, I think of a song that uh, I yeah. liked all the time that played on the radio, but uh, you don't hear of it anymore. Um, uh, Scorpio by. Um, oh yeah, uh, it was an instrumental, wasn't it? I yeah, it was an instrumental. You know, but it was a cool song. So <laughs> anyway, friends, we've done it again. Another show in the can. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, Bill. I haven't asked you this. Uh, tomorrow we have an update, uh, uh, or is that uh, is still questionable? Because I know you're no, trying. I, I, I don't see why we can't do that. We do. We've done it every uh, every week for the past uh, several months. Yeah, so we might as well do another one again. Uh, we'll do an update tomorrow sometime just to bring you up to speed as to what's going on. We always say it'll be shorter, and they are shorter. But like we always think they're going to be shorter, like like a half an hour long, maybe twenty five minutes long, because it's only an update. And we always end up talking for like forty five or fifty minutes. So, uh, but I, I don't think tomorrow will be the exception. Have a great day, my friend. Enjoy your Friday. Oh, I plan to. It's going to be a good time. Good time. I and don't know what I'm doing, but it's <laughs> going to be a good time. Well, you know, whatever you're doing, do it well. <laughs> That's what they tell or me. Don't do, do it, it at good, all. Do it good. And tell us about it. Hey, buddy, you stay well. Talk to you later. All right. The Voice of Freedom. CRN America.
These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?